Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only Anna Kelly. How you doing, Anna? I'm doing great. Good to be here today. Man, a lot of fun today, huh? Yes, always. <laughs> uh, I want to take this opportunity uh, to provide some education uh, for folks. Uh, you and I have talked about over the last six or nine months, there's a lot of skinny deals, a lot of debt structures that we don't like, a lot of assumptions going on uh, in the larger multifamily space, often I'll just call syndication is a generic word where there's general partners and limited partners contribute equity. Uh, and what I want to do here is step back and, and paint a vision of how something might unfold if the deal goes bad, because it doesn't just poof and it goes bad. There's probably steps that people can look at, things that will happen. Uh, again, I hope none of this happens to anybody watching this. This is just more education. If you get involved in a skinny deal with bad assumptions or a, a, a partner who doesn't have reserves, there could be some pain. So how might that start to unfold, you think? Sure. So, you know, for those that aren't real um, versed in syndications, essentially it's, it's primarily group investing, right? So you've got an operator or a general partner who's the one that's finding deals, they're getting the banking done, they're signing on the loans, and then they're executing a business plan to hopefully create returns for the passive partners, the investors. And so um, it's it's group investing, if you'll just think about that way. As limited partners, your ability to control what happens to that deal really is completely limited. So you're almost like an investor in stocks where you're investing in Amazon. You have no control over what Amazon does. You just have to put your trust that Amazon is going to know how to navigate you know, inflation and recession and all the things in the economy. Um, and so when times are really, really good, a lot of people think, oh, investing passively in syndications is just easy. It's a no brainer. It's basically, you know, guaranteed um, cash and guaranteed upside because the world is just expanding and values and rents are going up, expenses are stable and everything looks really good. Um, so a lot of deals were done in the last couple of years with the assumption that the party was never going to stop, right? Rents were just going to keep going up. Um, you know, we had growth in the economy. Everybody thought we bounced back from COVID and, and people were looking for a place to park their cash. We had tons of money, right? So what happens is they start doing multifamily deals, um, safe, what I call safer deals are those that are backed by Fannie and Freddie government mortgages. So, the government looks at your property and says, hey, we think that this is a good project. We think your projections are conservative. It's a stable property. We're going to give you a great 30-year fixed mortgage, 30-year amortization. We're going to fix your rate for seven or 10 years. Um, and we might even give you interest-only payments that make your payments low and your cash flow higher so you can pay your investors a nice return while you're updating these units. Those that can't qualify for that type of mortgage have to do something called bridge lending. So they essentially say, you know what, I can't get a traditional mortgage. The property does have a little more risk, but we are going to trust in our ability to operate, our experience, to raise the rents, renovate the units, cut the expenses, raise the value, sell for a profit. But we need a lender that's going to let us take that risk and do what we need to. So they go to these temporary, basically like a, a hard money lender on steroids, right? Much bigger loan amounts, but you know, short-term loans, one to, to three years, generally speaking. And what's happened is because there was so much liquidity in the market and so many bridge lenders willing to you know, play the game and make their money, a lot of deals were done at very high prices that didn't cash flow day one. 
And they were relying on the bridge debt interest only payments to really allow them to get through the renovation projects so that they could refinance at the end of a year or sell and make a lot of money. And what's happened is the economy has shifted significantly. So where I think the most risk is in multifamily and any commercial real estate is for those projects that relied on bridge debt. Um, and they thought, they estimated that rates would stay the same, basically the same. So maybe they estimated a half percent higher rate when they had a refi in one, two or three years. Now, all of a sudden, some of these syndicates are basically looking at having to refi properties at double the interest rates. They may not be able to find a bank to refinance. The loan to value on the refi is no longer 80% like they estimated, but now it's down to 60 or 65%. And property values in certain markets are starting to come down as the Fed raises rates and that treasury rate goes up there's just not enough of a spread to entice people to buy multifamily at the same cap rates. And so that's where I think the risks are. If you're a, a limited partner in deals with bridge debt and all of a sudden, you know, the operator can't exit easily, you might not get the upside that you were hoping for. You may not have enough cash flow because the debt payments are going to go up quite a bit if you do refi and then you're not going to be able to, you know, get the same kind of returns you were. So an expectation of lower cash flow and lower, you know, exit returns is is real and materializing, um, and, and that's really the biggest risk that I see in commercial. Now, again, this is a place I don't play in, so this is all of this is more theoretical. Uh, obviously, I, I really think there's kind of three risks when I look at this. Again, just given where we are in the cycle, higher rate, uh, higher rate, obvious cap rates probably going up as well. Uh, I think higher expenses and lower occupants, it's just all, it's all bad, right? If you're in bridge debt, all bad. I think there's three things. One, most LPs or most packages that I have looked at talk about a monthly or more often quarterly cash flow, right? You're going to get a, you're going to get a little drip. Let's call it every 90 days. I don't, you know, we saw some of those drips turn off when the pandemic happened, right? Hey, I don't know. Absolutely. I'm going to say blah, 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 blah. Most of those turn back on relatively quickly. 90 days, four months, whatever. I think I think it's possible that one of the first things that could happen is uh, operators, again, GPs could turn those off because maybe they under-reserved or under-capitalized the deal. So they want to keep more of that net cash because they see risk rising. So I, I think there's a chance that, again, I think you're absolutely right. This is mainly about net new deals with bad loan structures. If you're in a seven or 10-year fixed Fannie Freddie, it, it, this probably doesn't apply to you. So I think, right. I think that's risk number one. Risk number two, there were a lot of plans I saw certainly over the last 12 or 18 months where they were quote unquote value add and they were going to exit. And the refi had, in, in hindsight, the refi expectations were ridiculous, right? Rates have doubled. Uh, you know, the LTVs have, like you said, gone from 80 to 65. Um, there's, there's a good chance that even if you're a GP and you're amazing, and you do all the value add, you get to the refi because you got to get out of that bridge debt. And there's a chance, Anna, you're going to have to go to your LPs and ask for money just because the lending market changed, right? When you're, yeah. when you were expecting to get 80%, now you're getting 65, you know, maybe there's seven or eight points of value created, but you may need that other 7% from your LPs. There's a capital call. And again, I'm, I'm you know, this, this is a risk. And then the third one for me is obviously the worst case scenario where uh, there's a capital call for whatever reason. 
uh, and you know the bridge debt operator, you can't refi them out. So either the GP has to sell at fire sale prices, or uh, there's covenants in the loan, and the uh, loan operator takes the property over, puts in their new place, and LPs are just gone. And now that I talk about, it, there is a fourth option where maybe you were expecting to get your capital back in three to five years. Maybe you're lucky where it doesn't get taken over, but you don't get your capital back for 10 or 12 years, right? So I think there's a lot more risk. The last two years, easy money, everybody made money, which new people come out and, and you know, they always have the most unrealistic. I just see lots of risk for LPs, like you said, with operators who are using one, two or three year bridge debt. What do you think of all that? Yeah, I mean, it, definitely there there's risks in all of that. Um, you know, I, I think the reduction in cash flow is probably the one that you're going to see the most, right? Because the, the fact of the matter is expenses have gone up, insurance and taxes have gone up significantly higher than what many operators expected that they could or would based on historical, um, especially after the pandemic and these municipalities that said, hey, your value has gone up so much now that we're going to raise your taxes. So the cash flow is going to drip a little bit. If you're in a market or a property where there is more supply than there is demand, then you're going to also start seeing some hits in your rental income, um, your your occupancy and people's ability to pay, you know, the full amount of rent um, charged. And so, you know, most likely you're going to start first seeing less cash flow. There's other things happening with bridge debt in terms of people buy interest rate caps, which was a really smart thing to do to say, I'm going to have a bridge debt, but I'm going to try to be a wise investor and buy a rate cap in case rates go up. Well, now there's, you know, escrows for what the new price of the interest rate cap renewals are. And some of those have gone up, I'm not kidding, from like 10,000 to 300,000 for the same rate rate cap in, in a year, right? So wow. they've gone up significantly. So now you got to start escrowing for those rate caps, which is going to reduce your cash flow. So uh-huh. I think in most situations, most people who've done a good job doing value add properties, they're not inexperienced, they've been in this market a while, um, they're going to be able to get a new loan, Right. But to your point, they may have to, their, their, their debt payments are going to be higher than what they estimated. It's going to impact your cash flow, maybe a capital call, but I think that they'll weather this. And, and the reason for that, Michael, if you're invested with experienced operators, is one of the beauties of multifamily is it's very resilient to recessions and very resilient to both inflation. Because generally, we can raise rents to keep up with inflation. Again, it really comes down to your operator the team, then the market, and then the asset. So if you're if you have a strong operator in a really strong market, they're going to be able to hold that asset, get through this time. You're just going to have to realize you're not going to get as much cash. And they might have to, to your point, hold it longer so that we wait for the interest rate craziness to you know die down. We wait for rates to come back down, which will help prices. We wait for the credit markets to relax and give you a higher LTV again. And so it just means that your money's locked up longer, potentially without cash flow. I should say, though, most syndications are done with accredited investors. And so these risks are known to limited partners when you go in. You might think, oh, that risk is never going to happen. Well, so did your operator, right? So go, go easy on the operator if they were conservative and the rates have just given them something that they didn't expect would happen. Um, but the beauty is they're they're generally not going to lose value, right? There's this fear that 
everyone's going to lose the property and you're going to lose all of your money. If you are with a great team in a great market, you'll ride this out and you'll just have to wait a little bit longer for the upside. And the other thing is most syndications aren't bought for the cash flow anyway. They're really bought for the upside. And so, you know, if you're relying on a $70 a month check, you know, for a $100,000 investment, you've probably got other problems too, right? But you just have to be patient, talk yeah. to your operator, ask them the question, what are you doing to navigate the changes that we're seeing, right? And I'm a multifamily operator. And trust me, we're thinking about these things and trying to get ahead of them constantly talking to the banks, what do we do? Um, but you want to make sure, you know, if you're already in a syndication and you start to see these things, make sure you have conversations that say, what is your plan? What's your plan B? What's your plan C? Do we think about selling this thing earlier? Um, do we think about slowing down our renovations to save on, you know, some of the cash flow? Um, you really should have an ongoing working relationship with, with your general partner and at least ask the questions. But don't get too fearful and think, I'm going to lose all my money because real estate is resilient. Commercial real estate, apartments in particular, if you're in really good markets, and again, it all comes down to that, um, are really resilient and generally will bounce back. If you're in the unfortunate situation that you had some fear of missing out, you invested with newer operators, you're not in a great market. And unfortunately, a lot of operators did deals in you know tertiary cities that didn't really have that much going for them. Those are the ones that are going to struggle. Um, you know, learn from this. If you have financial pain, learn from this and make sure that any invest, any operator you're investing with as a limited partner has years of experience, hopefully decades of experience, that they've navigated the pandemic in 2008. They can tell you how they're going to navigate you know, potential, make sure you're working with really great teams and make sure you know your markets, just like you say to the residential listeners, right? Don't be investing in a, a one horse town, as we say in Texas, right? Be investing in markets that have really strong economies, lots of Fortune 500 companies, lots of employers that even if they go through some pain, there's always going to be a plethora of jobs. And so when I do multifamily, I try to find really strong markets like that, we work with really great lenders, experienced team members, and, and it's super important. So the last thing I'll just say, Michael, so we talked about fear, you know, in video number three, is don't let these things make you afraid to go into a syndication, right? Um, because just like there's opportunity coming when there's fear in residential, there's significant opportunity for really good experienced operators in strong markets to help out those oper operators that are struggling to buy those properties at lower values, to have a better basis so that we really can create that upside that otherwise could take years to come out of recession and recovery. So understand that there is risk. There's also opportunity. But absolutely, number one is the team first. Do not invest with a bunch of newbies who found each other at a conference who are just doing their first couple of deals. Invest with experienced teams in ultra strong economies. And then you look at the asset and whether the projections for that asset seem reasonable um, on a risk-adjusted return basis for what you're looking to invest in. Yeah, I, that last statement needs to be said again, because I that's what I keep telling everyone. And, and if you're in residential, I talk about turnkey providers in, in the same way. Stop looking at the deal. Don't get enamored in the deal. Evaluate the team first. Yes, It's the team, then the deal. For me, it's really the team than the location yes. and the deal. Absolutely. Most, most people look at it exactly the opposite and that's going to get you hurt. Anna, you do an amazing job. Uh, you're very conservative. If somebody wanted to see what you're doing at Greater Purpose Capital, where would they go? 
Great. You can find me on the website there at greaterpurposecapital.com. If you fill out your information, if you're a accredited investor, you can set up a call with me as well. And I'm happy to talk to you about future opportunities for accredited investors. Awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Michael. Mm -hmm.